0: yo,
1: oh. yo, yo, oh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Shivani we bout to party, we bout to party, undistricted got the house now, we gon' turn
2: it up, up, bring the house down, got that
1: big space, pump and make them bounce now, Bouncing like they bossing in the brick welcome everyone to another edition of aew unrestricted Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards together with you once again what's up Aubrey
0: hi hello how are you good not like I wasn't just talking to you for the last hour I know, you know.
1: yeah we, we talk a lot and there's there's good reasons because we are a part of all elite wrestling that you see each and every and we love each other and we, exactly. yes we do each and every Wednesday uh. and each and every Friday as well as our YouTube variations as well. We're very happy to have Mark Sterling with us. What's up, Mark? Guys, thanks for
2: having me. I appreciate it. I also love talking, so let's rock
1: and roll. Yes, I know you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. The most famous professional wrestling lawyer in the world, Mark Sterling, is with us. Thank you very much. First of all, uh, Friday night, uh street fight on Rampage. How's the neck doing?
2: Uh, it's feeling better. Uh, obviously, I toughed it out this week. Made it to uh, Minneapolis, you know, with, with a hurt neck. But uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I can for my clients. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's great. That's great. You know, we yeah. see a lot of uh, billboards out there about doing things for their clients. Right.
0: Especially in Jacksonville. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. Not many lawyers will say, hey, I'll take a choke slam through a table from Keith Lee for my clients. Exactly.
2: Right. I know. Finally, somebody gets it. Yeah, I do. Or or a brain buster on the floor. You know what I'm saying? It's right.
1: Ridiculous. Or a
0: cake to the face.
1: Yes. Yes. Which I do need to say. Yes. And I know... You probably don't feel this way. Uh To me, one of the most entertaining segments we have ever done. Oh, my God. Well, I appreciate that. Hell of a caking. Swerve is a professional when
2: it comes (laughs) to getting cake on on a face, I think. So hats off to him on that.
1: It was a sheet cake. Sometimes that doesn't really stick. But he got it to stick, man. Yes, he did. And from a person who had worked with Bobby the Brain Heenan for many years, and Bobby took many, many cakes of the face. (laughs) He did. It doesn't compare with that one. That was one oh, of the well, best. Thank you. It was one of the best cake shocks ever. It really was. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, we actually had Swerve on recently, and he uh, described your face as very cakeable.
1: Yes, I,
2: I did hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a word we've added to the uh, nomenclature of wrestling. So that's uh, right.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to take that as a compliment. So thanks, Swerve.
0: Oh, I would. I would. Yeah. Yeah. How many people have cakeable faces? We right. we have one. You're yeah. unique. A <laughs> person of one. And
2: and it's been two times in AEW, and and you know. That number will probably climb. I d I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't just I should just avoid the parties. That's we do have a party and catering every month for, for birthdays. I'm gonna make sure that I'm not there. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Just have Leva text you like, Hey, I just I just bought the cake for the birthdays, <laughs> so you just know to avoid catering that day. Exactly. I'll I'll go grab you one of the vegan cookies she picks up for us. And Perfect. just be like, here you go. So you can enjoy and participate without fear right. that uh that cake's ended up in your uh your face. Exactly. All right, so Want to talk a little bit about your current clients? Yeah, uh, representing Josh Woods, the technical beast, and Tony Nice. They had a match against Swerve or Glory. Your clients did not win, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, what sort of action do you plan as a result?
2: You know, I was actually very impressed with, with Josh, just in general. Mm-hmm. You know, in that he's match, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. you know, to, to be totally honest, I, I haven't I hadn't seen much of Josh until he came to AEW and started doing uh, dark matches. And that was kind of like his his first real big match uh, with AEW. So I was very impressed. And, you know, of course, Tony, I, I mean, to be honest, I go way back with Tony. I lived on Long Island for a long time. So, you know, I knew him from the indie circuit. You know, he helped us out a lot uh, coming up in the business. So teaming with Tony has been great. And it was like an instant fit, I feel, you know, because we're both comfortable with each other. I think that very recently, as of late, Tony Nese has shown that he can hang, and this is not any hyperbole, or hyperbole, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Tony Nese can hang with anybody in AEW, and I, I truly believe that as a human being, and he showed that in many main events on Rampage. I'm looking forward to
1: see what he also can
2: do.
0: I particularly loved his match with Orange Cassidy. Yes. That yes. one was, was a fun one.
1: Absolutely. And not only that, and Aubrey, you you brought this up. Uh, I think it's a good point. There's sometimes when we put a couple of guys together and they walk to the ring together as a new team. You're not so sure if they fit. Mm. But when Josh and Tony were walking with you with them, I looked at that visual and I'm thinking, you know what, that works. Oh yeah, mm. that works. I think it's a good team going forward.
2: Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I, yeah. you know, they're both two sort of. Entirely different individuals, mm-hmm. uh, as far as wrestling styles, personalities. But it's you know, so far it's been great, and and we're all in it to win it. I, I guess as you could say. So so we're working hard to to make this team, or just like affiliation as good as it possibly can.
1: In it to win it sounds like lawyer talk to me.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, of course. We're always in it to win it <laughs> That's in right. the court of law. Yes, right. The, as a ringside consultant. Yes. You know, in contract negotiations.
1: Whatever you want. Consultant, contract. I love yes. it. Aubrey, yes. your turn. Okay. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, just maybe like a little inside baseball, but how did the tag team of Josh and Tony come together? Was uh, that a told- TK concoction or was that? Yes,
2: a, yeah, yeah. He's, he's
0: got an eye for tag teams.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. And I think that both of these guys can be great singles wrestlers as well. So I want to represent them as best as I can in, in as a team. Or as in singles wrestling, so we'll you know we'll see what happens. We haven't named the team, although somebody on Twitter said "Brains, Brawn, and Beast."
0: Oh, so I was thinking
2: like B three, or something like that. There's a cool logo there, maybe. Don't don't trademark that, anybody. I
0: like that. Yeah, Brains, Brawn. and so which one are you?
1: Um, I'm definitely Braun. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> we are talking with Mark Sterling here on AEW Unrestricted, and uh, Mark, we first saw you you made your major debut uh back in uh, 2020 on Dynamite mm-hmm. representing MJF against John Moxley and I remember because I I didn't know you at all at that time. I remember watching that and thinking man, that son bitch can talk. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, it was it was good. It was a it was a it was a very I thought it was a very good uh angle that they did with having you involved with MJF and John Moxley. It was, I thought it worked out very well.
2: Right. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. And. I... You know, Max and I uh, went to the same wrestling school. So when the opportunity came up in an angle that there's a lawyer involved, you know, obviously he said, I got the guy. Right. So that's when I came down. I mean, this was height of COVID too. I don't think I had left the house. I hadn't taken a a wrestling booking at all for months and months. So this was (laughs) a big, a big deal. It was actually my, I think my first flight in wrestling. So wow. Yeah. And you know, I I I got a whole minute in that promo to do what I could. You know, I think we killed it and then the match was the next next we had the contract signing, which I had a little spot in that, and then and then the match. So it was super fun. I thought sort of that was it. And uh I rode off into the sunset, but but it was not it. Right. It was not it.
0: I thought it was uh thought it was great. Like we we talk a lot about there's two hours on TV and mm. all of those those minutes and seconds are precious. So to get a minute of mic time is insane. It's a great testament to the work you did prior to AEW that you can just come in and be trusted with something like that. And kudos to you, man.
2: Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, I I owe that to MJF uh, sort of for trusting me in that. And I don't think anybody, he knew me so well, he knew that I could handle that. Right. Oh yeah. You know, it was a tape promo and then it was a live promo. It was actually live on TV was the contract signing. I I actually, I I jumped the gun. I, I didn't really, <laughs> this was my first time on live TV and I was supposed to start this contract signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started talking before, if you, if you watch it, I'm sort of mid-sentence when they finally turned my mic on. So I did kind of mess up, but <laughs> I don't think anybody really noticed except for me.
1: You also have some pretty great suits that you wear. Oh, thank you very much. You and of course, Pat Buck behind the scenes and Sanjay behind the scenes are always dressed up. Who's better wearing suits? Oh, well, Pat is, for sure. Yeah. Although although I do like uh, Sanjay's new style
2: of the suit with the Jordans. I, I'm sort of yes. jealous. I wish that I
0: could. Big fan of that.
2: I wish I could do that. Pat is, uh, I, t- I got a lot of advice from Pat when I started uh, wearing suits weekly. Mm-hmm. And I think he said this on the podcast that he's not a custom suit guy. He sort of gets it off the rack and then gets it tailored. So that was one of the things yeah. he, he told me to do. I did get a f- few custom su- uh, suits off the bat, but very expensive. Mm-hmm. but now i've been getting them this is my little my little secret express has some great suits like really interesting colors and they're also stretchy so way more comfortable oh i call those my working suits you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> yeah
2: you know maybe if there's a street fight you got to wear the stretchy suit because if shit it's the fan in my custom suit that thing's splitting right up the crotch
1: yeah stretchy suit
2: yeah
0: you should give that a uh, give that advice to Andrade. I know he's uh, he's run into that a couple
2: times. I know, I know. He's always wearing those nice tight suits, and yeah, he's getting thrown all over the place.
0: Yeah, geez, man. So you've recently had some issues with Danhausen. Yes, which I I absolutely loved. Like you and Tony versus Hookhausen at Double or Nothing and the buy-in. Uh, it was just a really really fun match. How did that whole thing come together? How did your your hatred for Danhausen start?
2: Well, he's mean. <laughs> I mean guys he, he tells everybody he's evil he's evil yeah he he cheats he steals he hits people in below the belt i'm trying to save aew here yeah from people who are untrustworthy and and evil and uh i'm the bad guy i i, I honestly don't understand so
1: <laughs> I, you I'm know what to i gotta side with you on this because we always say very nice or every very evil right bullshit yeah very evil i know yeah Tony, what do you expect? It. He's a fucking ghoul. Yes, okay, that's yes. what he is. He's a ghoul. I know. I've been saying this. I mean, anybody who wants to curse somebody is not very nice. Exactly.
2: He stole my tie out of my bag and sold it. That's what he did. He <laughs> kept the money. It's for real. It's for surpri- real. It's all over on the internet.
1: Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, and then I get hit in the nuts and I'm the jerk. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> But, no, it, it, it was fun. It wouldn't surprise me he didn't get you to autograph that tie first so he could sell it for a lot more money. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. No, no, he's, no, he is. All right. We're talking with Mark Sterling, who, by the way, is an avid collector of action figures, as you can see if you're watching the video. Hmm. And he has a podcast to prove it. We're going to talk about that, your start in wrestling, your departure, and your return to wrestling. When we continue, this is AEW Unrestricted.
0: AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of all-lead wrestling. We've got Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards talking to Mark Sterling, Esquire, lawyer at AEW, representing a multitude of clients. But I want to take a step back and talk about through your wrestling background and your start in wrestling. I think 2001-2007, you wrestled as the dude Mark Malibu.
2: Oh, man. Where'd, I thought I scrubbed that information
0: <laughs> from the internet. <laughs> okay. well, Well, now it's all there again. I've undone all of your scrubbing. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah. Well, I started, uh, I started training in high school, you know, when I was 18, I was obsessed with wrestling as a kid, obviously, you know, we did backyard wrestling and I was, I was very into, you know, I liked doing it, I guess, but I was really into the production side of it. So, you know, we used my, my grandmother's VHS tape. Tony knows what that is. Some of the people listening probably don't. Yeah. But uh, you know, we didn't have the digital editing technology, so you, had, I had to like, you know, you to shoot each segment. So if it's a pre-tape to start the show, you got to shoot that. Then you shoot the first match. Then you go backstage with the camera. But I loved putting that whole thing together and making the run sheets of the backyard wrestling. Whereas most of the kids just wanted to throw each other around on the mattresses. But I was really into that. And then um, a friend of mine that I I wrestled with in the backyard wrestling fans know him as Makazi he's had some success he's a, he's a really great seamster in wrestling he said hey i found a wrestling school and i said i first of all what is that what do you mean a wrestling school
0: people learn how to do this shit
2: yeah I, I was like that's weird but i never sort of in my mind thought that i wanted to sort of be in wrestling or on camera but he said i need a ride he didn't have a he didn't have a ride so i said oh i'll give you a ride <laughs> that's
0: the most carny shit i've heard in a long time
2: right yeah he didn't drive for forever but he said i need a ride and i'm like well I'll get to see a wrestling ring up. Maybe I'll get to touch it. Right. That's what I was thinking. So I'll go, I'll watch you train. And, uh, I think the wrestling teacher it was Kevin Landry at the time. Uh, he just thought I was there to train too. So I got in the ring and the first day he did this thing where he would make the first day people do a hundred bumps. That's what you did. And if you came back, then that was kind of like the initiation. Oh my God. So I, not even knowing that I was going to do it, I, I think I was wearing cargo shorts, you know, like a t-shirt and I did a hundred bumps and I made it, I got through it. And then I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to keep coming back. So, so that, so that was that. Uh, and then I, you know,
1: I started my wrestling career, I guess, back then. You stopped in 2007. Yes. Uh, to get your master's. Yes. What, talk about that decision to give up wrestling and go, go back to school
2: to be totally honest, I was, I was a horrible wrestler. I, I was, I was really bad. I, I did not try like most people would try. I did not give it my all. I was not in shape. I, I <laughs> really looking back, I can't even believe I got booked. So, you know, and I was just kind of doing it, uh, in these little indies for a long time. And 2007 was a real bad year. My dad passed away. And then I just, I was, I had a dead end job at the time. You know, I graduated college with, um, A media arts degree, but I was doing nothing. I worked in the basement of a hospital. My office was right next to the morgue. Mm. That's sort of all I all I did, and I just sort of had to break myself out of that. Right. And I applied to grad schools to film school, which is you know, like I said, I was always interested in the production side of things. So I got in to Hofstra University. I moved to New York in 2008, and when I moved, I kind of just had no wrestling connection. Also, I just wanted to really focus on the grad school program, which was three years. It was pretty extensive and just sort of try hard at something. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's essentially why I, I quit wrestling. And when I was doing that, I, my third year of of, uh, grad school, I started working for a a filmmaker named Marshall Curry and he is a documentary uh, filmmaker and he was nominated for uh, two Oscars. He just won an Oscar for a short film actually. Damn. And when I was working for him, I was working on a film called If a Tree Falls, Story of the Earth Liberation Front. And I came in as that was being edited and was an assistant editor on that, and it was nominated for an Oscar. But my time with Marshall was so eye-opening because this is a man who was at the top of his his craft, an Oscar-nominated filmmaker. And seeing how he succeeded every day and what he had to do, the work that he had to do, the focus that he had to have to be successful at what he wanted to be successful at was literally life changing for me. Hmm. So after that, I said, What if I took this newfound appreciation for hard work and understanding of what it needs, what you need to do to be successful, and tried my hand at something in pro wrestling again. So that's when I went back to create a bro and that's when things really took off.
0: How, how do you think the business has changed during your absence?
2: Oh man. Well, it's been, so, it's way more understanding. You know, there's, there's way less bullying. There's way less gatekeeping. Yeah. It's, it's more accessible to be, to be a fan of wrestling. I felt like for years I was hiding Who the fact thought, that I was right? a fan. I know. Yeah.
0: Like, Ed, like everyone in the business is a fan, but there was that idea of like, oh, you can't be a fan of wrestling. I was like, how can I fucking not be a fan of wrestling? I do this I every know. day.
2: <laughs> I think the first lesson that we were told is don't wear like wrestling shirts to class. And then uh when I walked into Creative Pro, you know, the head trainer Brian Myers is is there wearing a Uso shirt and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we let let's rock. That that I think it's just more fun and, and more accepting. And then to be totally honest, I you know, I came back and 2015. And even since then, we're talking 2022, I feel like the business has changed drastically and for the better.
1: No question. Yeah. We were just actually on another podcast, Aubrey and I were talking about it, how it's changed for the better on many levels. We're talking to Mark Sterling. Mark, so let's talk about Creative Pro. How'd you find out Creative Pro? And of course, it's Brian Myers who you do a podcast with, and it's Pat Buck who works behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Talk about your involvement with that. So- I just you know like I said, I was living on Long Island
2: and I wanted to try this wrestling thing again, and I looked up wrestling schools. It was the best you know definitely the best one near me right and i I just sort of went and, and I applied myself, man, am I lucky? because if I was just like in Topeka, Kansas or something like that, I probably wouldn't have ended up in such a great school. I don't know if there's any great wrestling schools in Topeka, Kansas, sorry, but uh I just so happened to be <laughs> next to one of the greatest wrestling schools in America. And then the other thing is too, that first class at creative pro Max Gaster, Kristen Statlander, MJF, myself, bear Bronson. Wow. Anthony bones was in, in New Jersey. So affiliated with us bear Boulder. Also, that was our first class, you know, among other people with Brian Myers, yeah. you know, and Pat Buck who, who you heard his story a couple of weeks ago on this podcast yeah. trained by literally the best in the biz. So, I think part of the reason, you, know, you get these two great trainers, we call them mom and dad, right? Brian's the mom, Pat's the dad. Mm-hmm. You get a little nicer. You get the good cop, bad cop situation. We, we all pushed each other. We're seeing what's working for him. We're seeing what's working for her. Well, he, he got booked there, so we got to get booked there. Right. And that this, it was like all of us helping each other with training, extra training, but also pushing each other, driving with each other. It was a hell of a group. And I think sort of we we all owe each other any of our success. That's my opinion.
0: That's great. I friggin love hearing those stories where everyone's just sort of building each other up. Like that's the kind of shit you want to hear about in wrestling.
2: Yes, yes. It definitely is a family and it still is, you know. And there's great guys coming out of Creative Pro right now. Pat was talking about it. And it still is like that. There's no negativity. Everyone's pushing each other to be better. It's such a great community. I don't live in New York anymore and I'm far away from it. And it's sort of, I, I have a lot of FOMO because of that.
0: The FOMO real, man. Yes. So I, I actually didn't know about your video background. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense because your commercials that you do for, on social media are excellent.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious, like, how has how the video and audio production background helped in the social media world?
2: Oh, well, obviously, I mean, I, my first goal in wrestling was to – I used to love those packages in, like, 96, 97, those pay-per-view packages that – just told such an awesome story. I literally said uh, my job when I when I get older, I want to make those pay per view packages. So that's why I went into film. I, I had I had no desire to like make movies at the time, but I wanted to edit pay per view packages. But but I've always loved to shoot things with my friends. Like I said, the backyard wrestling. We used to do music videos, weird things like that. So obviously it helped a lot. And then when I got back into wrestling, like I said, with Creative Pro 2015, I knew that I needed to create content. And I had the the wherewithal to create content, but I was also helping the guys. I helped, you know, MJF, Kristen, Max, everybody. We all helped each other with our skills. So I just wanted to provide the value that I could to anybody that I could, which created pro too. I started doing the social media, started editing their videos, doing the, you know, the packages for the shows. And everyone's just helping everybody. And then that's a sort of I I struggled a lot getting booked. And I'm not talking about like how everybody struggles like you know we all drive far away to the shows but i'm saying i had a hard time getting booked because you know i'm i'm a gray-haired you know 37-year-old man at the time trying to wrestle so one of the ways that i did that was providing social media clips highly produced videos for the, for the promotions making their promotion better so i i knew that i needed to provide value to you know independent promotions to create a pro to to my friends to peers so that was sort of my my goal and my way into the biz for a while.
1: Mark, uh, interesting follow-up question to this. What do you use to uh, to edit with video? Uh, Final Cut. Okay. I, I
2: actually edit everything on Final Cut. I do the podcast and that too because, you know, right. it's, it's video and audio. And that's kind of what I learned in school.
1: Right. I use Premiere Pro and, and then uh, the editing on on the iPhone is pretty easy too. I mean, yes. Yeah, any, for sure. Hell, anybody can do it. Yeah. IMovie. I don't know
2: why more people don't. I, that's I my big thing to wrestling school kids is right. try to figure out the content you're creating on social media because that's going to really help you get over.
1: Yeah. You also are co-host of major wrestling figures podcasts. Mm-hmm. Brian Myers and the great Matt Cardona. Yes. Deathmatch King. <laughs> yes. Deathmatch King. Yes. <laughs> how did you? How did all, this action figure collection start for you? When did this all start? It was actually a huge part of my childhood. I.
2: Can't remember doing much other than playing with Legos and collecting Star Wars and and Marvel um, action figures and, you know, wrestling figures too. doing the fig fed stuff. You know, we used to book uh, myself and my, my best friend, Steve Negron. We used to book the Hasbros and the Gloobs together and and do pay-per-views, you know, how we would sort of write TV, you know, and we're talking, you know, fifth, sixth grade, stuff like that. So just love doing that. But I also had like Marvel fig feds, I guess, you know, I wrote my own comics with the X-Men and the Avengers. I made my own Avengers team. So that's what I loved about playing with toys and then things like that. And obviously you get older and I sold all of those toys. And then and you get more older and you start to have expendable income and you get nostalgic for these toys that you had as a kid that shaped your childhood, essentially sent you in the direction that you are in your life, Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes very fun to recollect those things or collect the new things that pay tribute to those memories. That's when I started recollecting the wrestling figures, and then that expanded to the comics and the, you know, Spider Man and X Men and all
0: that. So we've got uh, more fan questions coming up in our last segment, but kind of want to jump ahead to this one since we're on the topic of action figures. But uh, Captain Falstaff on Twitter asks, what is your non-Star Wars, non-wrestling action figure Holy Grail?
2: Oh, man. That's tough because Star Wars and wrestling are my big deals. I do. I also have uh, TMNT figures. Yes. I just recently bought a 1988 Mint on Card Donatello. It's beautiful. It's the first run Donatello that came out when I was a kid. I think that I would like to get all four turtles. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Raphael, I would love to get. The original run, mint on card, beautiful condition packaging. I would love to have all four of them. So I guess that's my holy grail.
1: We're talking with uh, Mark Sterling, and we're talking about uh, action figures. When did this podcast begin for you guys? Well,
2: actually, our four-year anniversary is uh, is next week. Wow. Congrats. And that's a, that's a big deal. So, four years ago from today, you know, whatever it was, 2022, 2018, it, it was in August, and, you know, the guys uh, were both wrestling for the, com- the competitor, and they, uh, they just decided, first of all, these two guys are, Matt and Brian, are the most knowledgeable wrestling action figure people on planet Earth, and I would challenge anybody to match them on their knowledge of the action figure wrestling action figure world. Okay. So they're literally that's the perfect two guys to make a podcast. And I think Brian tweeted like in July or something, "Hey, would you guys like if me and Matt made a wrestling podcast?" And I saw it and at the time I was I was Brian's student and I was helping him a little bit with Creative Pro doing the social media or whatever. So we didn't have like a we we're friends but not great friends. And I immediately texted him. I showed him that tweet and I said, bro, this is going to be a success. If you do it, let me help. Mm. A couple of months later, they're like, let's rock and roll on this. I was the person who asked to help. And then uh, they were like, can you help us get it off the ground? And I had sort of worked on a couple other podcasts before and I knew how to get them on iTunes, you know, Spotify, start them, where to upload it, how to edit it, what else we needed. So we we got them rolling you know, in, in a week or so. Yeah, the rest is history. Four years later, we've got great fans. It's very rewarding. I get to travel a lot with them. We just went to Comic Con. It's been great.
0: You guys are absolutely killing it with this action figure podcast, and I love all of the other action figure tendrils that sort of eke out with Ethan Page and doing appearances at action figure comic book shops. Like you oh, guys so are just fun. killing it. Yeah, you guys are killing it.
2: The toy hunts on on YouTube are, are great, and and Ethan's. Uh, it's like a whole other world to that. So there's a lot of wrestlers that have collections out there. I think collecting has just taken off as, as a hobby, really. It's very very acceptable nowadays.
0: Very, very acceptable. And I think kind of, as you said, like once you become an adult and you've got the expendable income, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy all those toys that I wanted to buy as a kid. <laughs> yes. That uh, yes. I couldn't before. But now I'm, now I'm going to spend thousands of dollars. Or video games
2: or dolls or whatever the thing that you, you liked.
0: Yeah, just do whatever you want. Be you, man. Whatever makes you happy. Absolutely. We're talking to Mark Sterling on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we got lots and lots of fan questions.
1: AEW Unrestricted continues. Tony and Aubrey along with smart Mark Sterling, who not only we have found out is a fine wrestling lawyer, but he is also a great video editor and producer He works on one of the top podcasts out there, major wrestling figure podcasts. Along with Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. And as you can tell, he knows what he's doing because you can tell you watch the video, it's all professional. If you're listening to the audio, you're thinking, Wow, that sounds really good.
2: Nice. Yeah, now, hopefully. Hopefully nothing messed up. And it actually does sound good. No, it
1: sounds great. It really great. does. I got yeah. my lights, my lights on. Tremendous. So. Yeah. 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 Wild man. Really professional. All right, here we go. Fan questions. Lots of smart Mark Sterling fans out there,
2: by the way.
0: Apparently there are.
2: Hot selling shirt right here.
0: Yeah. I'm billing okay. you for
2: this conversation. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'll, I'll send you guys the invoice uh, after this.
0: Cool. I'll uh, rip it up, much like the business <laughs> card you hand me in the ring.
1: Yeah. Uh, first question comes from Jose. It says, Mark, you suck. Jose? No, no I'm, I'm kidding. See, I, oh. I only said that because you said there was a lot of Mark Sterling fans. Got it, got oh, it. I was lying. Okay. <laughs> first question.
2: <laughs> I was, if that was Jose the assistant, we're great friends, me and Jose the assistant. So Really? Yeah.
1: No, oh, I'm glad he has friends. Yeah, we, we th- got to th- stick together. At real Steve V exclamation point. I'm so glad to see managers return to prominence and your unique take is creative and modern. If your schedule allows it, any possibility of working on darker elevation to see how younger or prospect talents work with a manager. I'd like to see more storylines on those. Obviously real Steve is a booker in his part-time and his spare time as well. Right. Yeah. So,
2: well, I'm, I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm there at every, every Orlando, uh, taping. So, you know, I think that was part of the deal. Like when me and Tony's first scouted Josh Woods there at Dark. You know, that's when we sort of saw him. Right. And uh, I, I think that uh, we'll have a lot to do coming up on on some of these Dark shows. I look forward to them either in singles competition or or as a team. And of course, I would love to help anybody possible in professional wrestling reach their goals. So if there is more people that would like to be represented by. Smart Mark Sterling one three four seven smart forty, and that's the number to call if you would like to be represented.
0: <laughs> smart forty, is like your Google Voice number. How did you freaking come up with
2: this? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, you know that that goes to my uh, my uh, secretary and my uh, hotline. So
0: gotcha. I was not aware you had a hotline, but that's good to know. Yeah, I I don't read your business cards that you hand me. I literally just toss them. Yeah,
2: I give you the business card every time you do the match. My number's right there. Right, and
0: then as soon as you turn around, I throw it out of the ring. (laughs) Front row, he pops for it. It's great. All right, got a question from Ben White on Twitter. Which hurt most, being punched in the groin by Dan Housen or being thrown through a table by Keith Lee?
2: Hmm. Uh, The groin, for sure. And then not only that, after that, I got punched in the groin again and punched by Orange Cassidy, And got beat up by FTR after the the show went off the air. So that was a terrible night. That was one of the worst nights of my life. Danhausen is an asshole.
0: (laughs) As we've already established.
2: Oops, I don't even know if I could say that. You're going to bleep that. (laughs) Sorry. I want to make that shirt.
0: Danhausen is an asshole? Yes. (laughs) Top seller.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, This is from AEW Showcase. Uh, It's a very involved question. AEW Showcase wants to know, is AEW an unsafe working environment for your clients? And would you consider an injunction to shut down to show operations until satisfactory safety measures are implemented? Yeah, well, I've been
2: trying. I have paperwork in, in most cities because I seem to get beat up everywhere. I, I don't know if it's unsafe for my clients, right? More so as it's un- unsafe for me. That's true. I'm just out there trying to, you know, be a good consultant, and I'm just getting attacked from behind all over the place. So, right? Yes, it's very unsafe for me. I, I mean, how many? I've been wearing a neck brace basically the entire year. Right. And I'm trying my best to to sort of take action. And start, we're trying to get rid of swerve, you know, trying to take out Danhausen. I'm I'm trying to do the right thing here, people. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I know. Thank you,
0: Tony. Just working hard no trying problem. to get rid of people, getting rid of assholes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like it. Got a question from Russell Light on Twitter. Mark, when you go to a new city, do you go suit shopping in the same way that the Young Bucks go shoe shopping?
2: I do not actually, like you said. We love to hit our thing is to hit the toy shop. Yeah, we try to find the the hot local uh vintage toy shop, and it's not just any toy store. We we don't necessarily want to go see the the like the fye's. You know, I'm dating myself there. You know, like there's a lot of toy shops out there that have the modern toys, like the things that are out now. And those are cool, and I do collect that stuff. But what we really want to hit in the towns are those vintage shops because you never know what you can find in the world of vintage. Like I said, I've been looking for these Ninja Turtles. You can't just find them. They're not just on eBay all the time, but you could walk into a store in Topeka, Kansas, and they could, there's Leonardo right there staring at me. So, so that's the fun of going to the vintage shops, the, the thrill of the hunt. That's what we try to do. I already, I bring my suits. My suits are pressed and clean in my bag. I'm not going to go buy a new one in the city.
1: Uh, Michael Kenrick wants to know what's been your favorite Smart Mark merch made so far, and why is it Major Bendy's? Oh. Well, actually, I really love this shirt. Uh,
2: I'm billing you for this conversation. I think that people um, – <laughs> I think a lot of people bought it because they just wanted to wear it to, like, Thanksgiving, you know, and, like, show it off to their, to their mom <laughs> or their uncle. I'm not sure if they're big Smart Mark Sterling fans. So that's the key to a good shirt. But Major Bendy's is something, is a toy line that uh, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast um, sort of launched. It's like a tribute to the old school Bendums from the 90s that were like, you know, cheaper versions of, of the toys that were in the stores. They've been just doing such a great job with that toy line. Like I said, these guys know what they're talking about with wrestling figures, and they're trying to make these things as best as they can. Um, so they've been killing it. And and there is a Smart Mark Sterling Major Bendy, which is sold out. So I appreciate it, everybody.
0: There you go. It's always good to have sold out merch. Yes. I, I feel like this question is very involved and clearly from a fan who, who knows your background extensively. Okay. Jeff Say asks, Marcus served as the everyman voice on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast since its inception four years ago, mm. back when he had a nine to five like everyone else. How does he intend to maintain that personality when he has people holding planes for him now?
2: <laughs> well, um, yeah, actually, I've, I've heard this. You know, back in the day, these guys are, are world-traveled wrestlers, very successful wrestlers. So they're talking about buying these $10,000 Moonbelly Kamala figures. Whereas I'm like, mm, I'm going to wait until that. Figure goes on clearance at Target for seventeen bucks instead of twenty, so I can save three dollars. And and there's a lot of collectors out there that part of the fun of it is to find deals, you know, and wait. And should I wait on this figure? Should I get it now? I kind of was that that voice. Like these guys are like, oh, I'm just going to buy it, and I'm like, Well, I'm going to wait or something like that. But but you know, things have changed. Obviously, uh, you know, I have a, a couple of incomes. I represent some great clients. And things have sort of changed. I, I still don't spend like Matt spends. Matt has figures worth $25,000 in his collection. So Fuck. it's it's insane. And I, I do not have that. But I w- try to be the voice of reason on that podcast between those two people still. And the whole The Plane thing is when I first started traveling, the, <laughs> these guys won't let me live anything down ever. <laughs> but me and Brian were stuck on a plane from New York Broski was on the one that we needed to connect to. We were not getting off. The plane was going to take off. And I said very innocently, in a text, Broski, can you ask them to hold the plane? I just thought that maybe if he asked nicely, they would wait a couple minutes. Nobody has let me live that down, you know, since. And it's been three years. Wow. Now I know you can't really hold the plane for people. I, I understand. But as, as a new traveler, I did not. It's very un, very naive. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bad as naive as you can get. Well, yeah, now I realize it. Yeah. Okay, Mark Bitters. What's so? What's your favorite all-time video game system and game?
2: I think Super Nintendo. That's the one I'm, more, I'm most nostalgic for. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's sort of like the, the one I spent the most time on. I, I don't. Ha- I don't have one. I would maybe I should get a vintage one. That would be cool. But you know, you can play all those games now anyway on like the. DSing.
1: They got preloaded ones, you know. They got their own, the old, what looks like the Super Nintendo, but it's all preloaded. Right. Yes, and you can play it on the Switch. So right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Super Nintendo for sure.
0: Nintendo's real good about releasing the same game multiple times and selling it to you every single time. Yes. Real, real good at it.
2: And and I did love this Dan sixty four wrestling games, and I'm very excited for the AEW game that's coming out because it's a, a throwback to that. So sure, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. I uh, got a question from Brandon Teachman. Mark has done some really interesting stuff inside and outside of the ring. What are you most proud of?
2: Man, I just, I'm, I'm really happy uh, to have this, this career in wrestling. I was always kind of a person that had small goals. So I would make a goal. My first goal in wrestling was to have a wrestling match. Okay. So I got that. That's the next goal. Have a good wrestling match. Okay.
0: I like the separation between the two. I respect. Yeah. It. Yeah. I respect <laughs>
2: <it>. <laughs> right. And then, you know, it goes from there. So, I didn't really have the goal of working in professional wrestling as, as a career for a long time. It just came out of nowhere. Sometimes you, you think it came out of nowhere. So I, I'm happy to have that. I'm very proud of the work that I've been able to to do in AEW sort of a dream come true. So I appreciate that. The major wrestling figure podcast, starting from, from nothing and having this awesome YouTube channel and, and having some of the, the, we have a video called the history of wrestling. WWF Hasbro's, which I think is the end all be all on that toy line, which is our favorite toy line, which launched our love for professional wrestling. And I think that's like, you know, the best piece on those things. And that's on YouTube. And I'm very proud of that. Uh, you know, we worked very hard on that. It's like almost four hours. So, you know, and then working in film, you know, working on the, the documentaries with Marshall. I, I'm sort of blessed with all the things that I've been able to do in my life and and
1: keep doing things that I love. Well, we're very, very happy to have you part of AEW, Mark. Uh, You do a great job on many levels. Thanks for your time today, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. And Aubrey?
0: I will close us out. You can listen to this and other episodes of the podcast every Thursday morning on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can watch the video and see all of the amazing figures in Mark's background. Uh, Mondays on YouTube. You can watch also on YouTube, Dark Elevation on Mondays and Dark on Tuesdays. You can watch Dynamite Wednesdays on TBS at 8 o'clock, 7 Central. And you can watch Rampage, TNT, 10 o'clock, 9 Central, every Friday night. This is Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone with Mark Sterling, Esquire. Thank you for listening to AEW Unrestricted.
1: Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Make them bounce now Flows like they're And the freaks are coming out now Unrestricted uh, uh, uh,